Hey, my loves. Hey, um, good night, divine feminists, divine masculines. I swear we're about to fall asleep, but I just wanted to check in. Cannot believe we're already going into Monday night. Been a little bit busy. I ha- like I've had some really cool experiences. Um, kind of got to be around some people that have some really cool technology in terms of the metaverse. That was super cool. Um, got invited to like a, it's like a boat party. It's, it looks like a, it's, it's a really nice, I might put a a picture up of it. Um, so that was super cool. And, um, it's, it's, yeah, that was really nice. And then, um, just same thing. I think just meeting more and more people kind of navigating, but, but, I think, you know, I almost wonder if I can almost, uh, (laughs) falling asleep. I wasn't planning on this. Um, document, you know, the people I meet along the journey. Um, this podcast is a little bit autobiographical. Um, I've always kind of viewed it as kind of like a time capsule in that somebody in a hundred years from now will listen back to it and, hear me talk about my first time exploring, you know, Age of Aquarius and what it means um, and kind of uh, planning things like, you know, growing my passive income, you know, hits and misses here and there, um, relationships, what it means for me to, y'all caught me from being in a relationship through, you know, finding out the bad news to, going through a deep, dark depression. Um, for those of you who have been with me all that time, that, I mean, I, it's, it's good to be on this side, but I, uh, I remember sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness, I just need to come on here, let the good people know <laughs> I am still alive and kicking and just pushing through the energy and you know, sometimes I'll say stuff paying dirt, but that pays in gold. Um, I still have a lot of the, like I took some of the darker stuff down, but um, I still have those, you know, for like my family or, you know, whoever gets access to my account. They have all my passwords and stuff. It's in, like in my will. But, but um, I think that, uh, you know, it's good to hear some progress and whatnot. So with that being said, I could kind of share some autobiographical um, experiences of people I've been meeting and how they inspire me. And I think I can almost circle back. Uh, one of the ones I want to do is talking a little bit about the the German Persian owner of one of these um, like exclusive areas and um, how it's nice to see. Well, I'm going to just talk about it a little bit here. You might get a twofer. Um, the legacy of, you know, seeing the parents and seeing that they're so proud of him. And, you know, even I I pay attention in a way that I I think I'm called, I think it's called like audiovisual spatial or something like that. But I, my sensories, like I don't just hear people and I don't just see people, um, I kind of uh, immerse myself in, into certain things in cer- certain experiences. So I'm, I'm backing up a little bit before I go forward. So it's even things like when I drive through my neighborhood, I see men putting up sidewalks, you know, to get to the school. It's, it's a nice neighborhood, um, but it's just kind of like 
years later, they're still adding more sidewalks. Why? So the kids can be safer to, to walk to school. You know, and so somebody somewhere thought, let's, you know, make it safer for our kids. They send someone out there. They do the sketches. They measure. They work with the landowners. They send the men out to be the muscle and and put the stuff up. And now we have even more safe pathways for our children. Uh, um, Today I was driving home and I saw a couple of guys um, on one side of the street you know, taking pictures. And I I, I had made a U-turn and, and turned around for something and came back. And so each time I'm passing by, you could just see that they're busy kind of um, in, in, in deep conversation. And then I figured out that they were putting the house across from where they were standing um, back on the market. That one is, is rented and it's that property is in pristine precision considering how much they rented out or how how the high the turnover is um in the sense that I think that it's a nice property I think they do I don't know what they charge I've never inquired but you can tell there's like u-hauls and like maybe I would say the average lease is about maybe two to three years or so so um and but they always keep it immaculate so kind of moving forward a little bit you know, um, I don't know if I mentioned it on another podcast, but it, I didn't get to meet the owner of the place. But I, I came really close in po- close proximity. Very nice person. He kind of like just, you know, um, nodded over and was like, like a greeting type of thing as he was going about his day. But it was interesting to see this person that so many people had been talking about in um in person and how he operated, right? And at one point, he kind of went to a high point, and you could see the managers coming around, and and they had been preparing for him to come from days out. And so, you know, when he was meeting with the managers, you could see that they're they have you know their phones out and they're talking about different things and pointing in different directions. And really, the place is just as good as it could be. <laughs> if I had bought the property, you know, <laughs> I would have been like, all right, just continue to do what it is. But the thing is, he's was looking for ways to improve it, how to make it better. Can we add this? Can we take away this? You know, how do we maximize this experience? How do we make sure that the quality is there, that that the um, experience, but also the quality and the... Uh, quality and experience i hope that kind of makes sense so it's kind of like uh and value because you want to to not be too extravagant with your cost but you want to get a nice price point and so it was one of those interesting things to me when i look at it in contrast to what's going on with memphis right uh and i love how this message is gelling together because i did want to do a podcast on well, for those of you who remember, I did a podcast maybe two days ago about the city of Memphis and, and how I think that sometimes we don't understand life is business, right? We don't look at the economics. Sometimes we'll say, it myself included, that there's systematic racism and there's discrimination and all this other stuff. But when you start to go to the business side of things, you start to see that these things cost money and it costs, it takes planning. And it means that, you know, you kind of have to 
um, want to leave behind a better future. And the reason I say that is because in the podcast I did about Memphis, uh, what occurred to me after, right, um, after the podcast was there was a number that came up on the screen towards the end of the video. And it said there are 200,000, the population of Memphis is 200,000 people. And I thought, wow, 200,000 people. And one of the guys that they featured on there was this older gentleman who had to take the bus a mile and a half away. It took him two hours to get there and two hours to get back to get four bags of groceries because he lived in a food desert. And I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, he didn't he didn't plan ahead, you know, to have children that love him and can come and and drive, you know, him or his or or nieces and nephews to say, you know what, let me take take my uncle to go get something. Let me go make sure he's okay. Let me go drive by like every week or every other week and I'll split with my um you know, with my other cousins to make sure that he's good or he could he didn't have the foresight to to not even plan for himself and his wife and for his retirement. But also I think what was lying below that is is to say, you know, he's he's on his way out. He's on his way out. And he didn't leave something behind to say, you know what, I I made this, you know, university or I, you know, uh, one of the, the places I used to work, I talk about how it was an amazing experience in and of itself to see a family uh, take the foundation, uh, in every, meaning like charity foundation, like not charity foundation, but not a... Not foundation, kind of like the the base or the introductory. I'm talking about like a Steve and Steve and Marjorie Harvey Foundation. So they took this foundation from their parents, and the parents, both of the parents, had deceased. But this is if it's kind of like a world renowned name in its own right. Um, and so they took the money from that foundation, and they built this beautiful, um. Uh, building that is actually in keeping with one of the books, um, Carnegie. And y'all, y'all know I always get them confused. I don't remember if it's Dale or Andrew Carnegie, but Andrew, one of the two, one of the Carnegies wrote a book and, um, I don't remember the name of the book. It's in my notepad for sure with all of the notes, but he was talking about how it's important for us to leave, you know, um, institutions that allow our children to learn better in the arts and the sciences and and creative arts right literature religion school philosophy parks education centers those type of things and so when when that school was like that building was built it was top of the line back then right top of the line technology you know um for for the students to use and for teaching and for um what do you call it like inter like what like uh web based classes so you know when i think back to what's going on in i say an hour it's it's a microcosm of what's going on in a larger scale it's like out of 200,000 people 
They said that they don't have cars for transportation, which makes it hard for um, for um, for them to be able to commute that mile and a half. I remember, was it about maybe four or five months ago? It, it didn't quite register to me, but I was uh, looking at a, a little clip of a woman that had like five kids. And so she was going through the same thing, too. She said, if I'm going to take the bus to get to an actual grocery store, it's going to take me about an hour. She's like the closest if I'm going to walk with the kids. And she had a child, a newborn, a toddler. And then all of them were, I think like the oldest one might have been seven. And so it's like, can you imagine trying to get groceries and having to do that commute in the rain, in the cold, and then five kids? And how do you know they're not going to run out into the street and keeping track of them on the bus and in the store and carrying all kinds of stuff in the diaper bag and who needs this and that and the sandwich and the toys and the... So I just think, you know... Uh, the the one tenth rule came to mind, or not a rule, but one tenth principle, um, where it's like, wow. So would that be? Uh, let me look at the math, y'all. Cause I'm, is that two thousand people? Um, so out of two hundred thousand people, if we were to take that rule by a, is it W E Dubois? I have to look it up. Sometimes y'all, I don't. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. <laughs> One tenth is it W E B Du Bois or is it uh, what was his name? Oh, and I have to go pee. Um, what was the other? Er, uh, Washington Carver was it? Washington Carver. Ah, oh, this is why. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back to the original person who men- mentioned it, but one of them said that it was the one tenth principle that if one out of every ten of us uh, in the black community in particular, but I like to have it spill over into your areas of expertise, into um, you know, like even for your gender and for relationships and education for your job or whatever, if one out of 10 of us if we were that one out of 10 we that would be enough of us to change and save the community and so if you're talking about in memphis it's two hundred thousand. do not come for me it's funny it's a virgo thing it has to be so times wait divided by and it doesn't help that I'm a little bit... Yeah, 2,000. It would take 2,000 men and women in Memphis out of 200,000 to come together and say, we want to change the trajectory of this city. Let's work on the architecture, you know, like the engineering. There's, um, I'm not even talking so much about architecture, but I, I'm talking more so about the engineering and redeveloping and the policies and the banking and the financing, the attention to crimes, right? And all of that type of stuff. Jobs, education. And in a way, it's almost like that guy's karma because it's like you could tell he didn't invest in anything to leave behind. 
And but it's kind of like he lived up his life for himself. And now he's on his way out by himself. And it's like if he had focused on, you know, leaving behind something. I'm sure there would have been somebody out of his business. You know, his business would have still been able to pay him retirement to where he can at least live a little bit better. And or if he just chose not to get married or and or because I've I've seen like on Kendra's show, y'all, there was this old man and he was talking about how this young guy turned him out. And then there was this older woman on there, too. And she was talking about how a younger woman turned her out, too. It was the weirdest thing. Anyways, so, um, it, you know, maybe they, they are not going to have he's not going to have a wife, but. You mean to tell me you don't have nieces or nephews or, you know, you can't live with your brother or your sister to kind of huddle up together and put your resources together? He had nothing, nothing. And and so and so but the the city and all and let me let me move on to another topic. But it was just kind of like you see the contrast, you know, you see the type of communities where people are always masterminding. How can we make the schools better? How can we make the roads better? How can we relight for this area. I was talking to this lady today and she was saying she's in one of the more like affluent neighborhoods, but she said like on the way to her house they're putting up like concrete pillars um and removing the the wood ones because they they create a lot of fires, right? When they get struck by lightning or if the, the electricity has like a short and it catches on fire it it really causes problems. So they're going in, but somebody had to think about that. Somebody had to have the foresight for that. Somebody had to want to leave a better place behind for them. And another thing I wanted to kind of address too, I'm putting everything out. Another thing I wanted to kind of address too, is I think sometimes we say we have bad um, views about rich people, but I think that life, you know, especially for those who identify with divine feminine, divine masculine, Life rewards excellence, right? Life rewards the frequency of output. So if you provide a good and a service, life will reward you with 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 the currency for that, right? And so what it comes down to is also is if you don't like somebody, you know, paying you minimum wage, you don't have to work there, you know, and but but I think that the, some of those jobs serve their time, their time and place. You know, I think that we're supposed to cycle up. So even myself, I start one of my first jobs. I worked in high school, um, but and I was a TA for four years. But first job out of high school was working in the in the in the dishroom, washing dishes you know, and that job served its time and surface for time and purpose. So I was able to get recommendations from that practice discipline, clock in on time, be responsible, show that I can work, get along with others. Thankfully, um, between the two ladies that were there for me, they promoted me to cashier, right? And so then I was able to demonstrate on my resume that I'm learning new skills and I can oversee those type of things and managing the financial part of it and and that type of thing. And they gave me good recommendations. Then that gave me my foot into an office setting, telemarketing. Right? 
And so then that put me into office setting and organizing the, the, the content, the content and taking detailed notes and um, communicating with my boss. And so then I got a great recommendation from that into a, an office and admissions. Right. And then sending out. And I remember I did get in trouble a little bit because, y'all, I was getting people <laughs> accepted into like graduate programs. And they it was kind of, <laughs> it's not funny, but it's kind of funny because have mercy. I get it now, but it was it was just and, and they were they handled it well. We we it was nice because. Like when I uh, worked my way up through the organization, I um, was able to work with them again. And we made amends because I was just as much of a stickler, if not even more of a stickler. But I learned from the best. I learned from them. So it's like it was to the point where she only trusted me to go over the stuff because I was like, this has to be exact. And I'm like checking it at 12 o'clock midnight. And I'm checking it again at four in the morning before I go to work. And then I'm checking it at registration and, you know, that type of thing. So. So, but life has its cycles, but I, I did come on here for kind of, I guess I'll kind of just talk a lot about it a little bit. And then I'm glad that we ended up talking about some of the good fun stuff and some of the things on my mind, but y'all, if I promise you when I came on here, I'm, I don't know if you probably heard it too. I was a little bit sad. I still am. Now I'm going to talk about it, but, um, I met someone today and, uh, y'all, she is a victim of domestic violence and I think what's making me sad is that I gave her my number and she still hasn't called me and it was the weirdest thing I went about my day and um she ended up coming and talking to me and um she asked me, we were talking and then I don't know where she's like, are you married? And I'm like, no. She's like, how come you're not married? And so I was like, well, you know, it's funny because I've mentioned to you guys before that um, I've had people ask me, like, how come I'm not married? And I just say, well, you know, you, you do the best you can. Wanted to be the soccer mom, five kids and d- didn't mind working. You know, I bring my 50 percent of the table type of thing. But it just it just <laughs> didn't work out, and I'm not getting in a rush to get into it. And so um, I've learned to mirror back because sometimes I don't like I don't like to pry into people's business, and I feel like they will share what they want to share. But I think I've learned enough that sometimes when people ask, <laughs> they want you to ask them, and then that is what opened up the Pandora's box, and so bless her heart I think that um I'm able to speak with more insight than what I was going through at the moment but um she kind of I can talk about it in the sense that I'm I'm more enlightened but at the conversation was going through she was mentioning little things but what came up was she's Persian and her parents had kind of like agreed to like take a um I guess like a dowry for her to get married and so she just married this guy two months ago and so she's like what she had asked me like what is a good relationship to you and so my eyes like lit up and I was like well to me it's companionship you know I want to be able to we don't have to necessarily like the same things like I can come here and he can be playing golf but 
I really want us to, to be able to like enjoy the same music or want to go out to eat together. And he likes being around me and I like being around him and we laugh together and we have a good time together. And I, I was like, I don't want any stress or drama. I just that that's the best way I can comply. I can explain it like a companion that, you know, we can just enjoy this thing called life together. And y'all, it's kind of like just weird because she was like, yeah, you know, she's like, I'm not sure what to do because she said for her husband's birthday, she had bought him a cake and he came home late and um, I couldn't hear too well everything and, and a little bit of an accent and I think communication like um, language barrier. And she it like every time she told me it was a little bit more like specific because she's like, um, he threw something at me and I was like, what, you know? And she's like, and then, and then she told me, well, yeah, because the cake. And then she's like, yeah, he threw the cake at me and he almost hit. And she's like, well, what would you do? And I was like, I would leave. I would leave. And then, so then that's when she was saying like, well, I can't because my parents, you know, agreed for me to marry him and he brought me here. And I'm like, fuck. So I couldn't tell her that, but I'm like, stuff and I was like well you know um I was like I would if I were you I would leave and I that's that's the best I can say but the thing is I get it she she she's at his mercy I don't know if her parents are still back home because the weird thing is um she asked me for my number and I didn't have my cell phone on me at the time so we had to go get it from the front desk but I'm gonna kind of circle back so we went to the front desk I write down my name and I give it to her and so she's talking and she asks me again. She's like, um, because I, and she said, well, why would you leave? She, I said, uh, she's, she asked me, why would I leave? And I was like, well, I think you deserve better. You know, you deserve someone who enjoys your company. And I was like, do you want to spend the rest of your life like that? And she was just looking at me and I'm like, I don't think you want to spend the rest of your life like that. I think you want to be, you know, just happy and not stressed out and stuff and she'll she's like kind of nodding a little bit and so um I had told her I don't even know I I basically told her to plan her escape I was like you know make sure that I know it sounds like you're new here but try to just if you get a little bit of money every time you get money always put something aside so if you have to get an emergency where you have to stay in a hotel or something overnight and just to get away and be safe at least start to, to figure something out behind the scenes where you can go where you're safe but basically in just so many words plan your escape because in in the part that that when I was like yeah no this is a problem because I said you know this is the thing if he's throwing stuff at you already it's gonna get worse and I said, because, you know, it's it's that and he hasn't hit you yet, but he could, you know, end up causing body harm and then it gets worse and worse every time. And she's like, yeah, he grabbed me. And then she caught herself. She just caught herself. She did not, you know, some stuff she repeated, but she did not say that again. And I was just like, whoa, and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is not good. So then... When we went to the to the desk and we had written a paper, written out on a piece of paper like my name, um, she's like, she's like, so she's like, I'm gonna call you because I you need to, but y'all, I swear I'm probably gonna be like, 
I will, I want to try to keep this under 30 minutes. But so then low key, I want to name this, like title this, like if you have a small or a pencil dick, just say that if you, (laughs) right. But so then something told me like I could tell, you know, I just brought my voice really down low and I was just talking to her and whispering and then like had my back turned to majority of people that were there. All of a sudden, this little five foot three man comes up, balding, ugly, tiny little man. And it was the way he walked up to me. I said, oh. And I was like, I could tell right away it was her husband. And I was like, ma'am, if if you, you could have just told me the man was a short man with a little dick. Like, that's all you had to tell me. You know what I'm saying? But, and so, but this is the thing. He chose somebody that's smaller than him. So he's not going to run up on me. He's not going to run up on another man. You know, there's he can't do that with other women. He's going to do that to her. I think what sucks is that her parents did this to her too. Um, it makes me almost think about the other side of the 90 Day Fiance thing too. Um... I I could go on, but I think that we will probably revisit this because, you know, I talk about how for a lot of us women, our journey, sole purpose is to figure out how to love ourselves and what does that look like, you know? So I think that in her heart and mind, she knows that's not right. But it's like even at her grown age, her parents signed her over. And, um, I'm cautious too. Like, this is how I started to feel like it was a problem because he, he gave me heebie-jeebie all five foot three small dick of him gave me, like, got me scared a little bit because he's that type of guy. Like, I think what, what got me is, you know, when, and I've been like this since I was a baby. Like, uh, my mom said that of all her babies and I'm, I'm her firstborn. She's like, you would always look in my eyes to see if, if everything was okay, right? When people would be talking to her, um, she used to be a principal, so she would have me like on her lap, sometimes, sometimes sleeping or just, but she would be around a lot of people. And so if she's talking to people and she's holding me, I'm looking in her eyes. If my mom is okay, then I'm okay. So, and I think I've been like that for the majority of my life. So I I was talking to her. And I could see like a little bit of the sadness in there and the just kind of like, um, it it was okay for the most part, but you know, just considering the situation. But when I tell you when this little man rolled up the fear in her eyes, the fear in her eyes, and it was like, I was looking in her eyes and I'm like, I will probably never see this woman again. And I don't think anyone else will either. Um, you know, he strikes me as that type of guy that, um, she's in danger, you know, and then it's one of those things where it's kind of like, why, why did you give her your number and why are you talking to her and, and that type of thing and so now he's gonna have her confined because i i was like saying well at least she has a car so she can get around if she needs to call me whatever what have you he drove her there 
So, um, I don't, I, cause I had told her, I was like, you can go online and look at stuff. I don't think he has, he, she don't have internet. She don't have a phone. She don't have a car. She can't drive. He brought her here two months ago. So I'm pretty sure she's dependent on him for K1 visa. Her parents signed her over. They're not even in this country. She's fucked. Like saddest thing I've ever seen in my life, y'all. And... I don't know. I say that I felt kind of like a little creeped out because when I was leaving, he was he was out there and type of thing. Um, And I went to my car and I had to come back because I had another friend. It was her birthday. So I had to go get her her um, get her card and stuff. And I just felt like I was like, like I was being followed. And I'm like, ah, this is a problem. What if it's one of these, like, people that's going to, like, freaking set me on fire or set her on fire for interfering? I'm like, oh, hell no. So I am a little bit cautious, to you know, for those of you that are kind of, like, hearing alarm bells because it's one of those things. You, you just have to be careful with people, period. But I think that you could tell she was afraid. And, um, I mean, you know what it is to, to see somebody's eyes get, like, freaked out? Top of everything, and it's like the way he walked up, and I'm telling you, I'm a tall girl, so but it was the it was the audacity, but at the same time, I was just like, oh, this is a problem, this is a problem, and the thing is, he will overcompensate for you know the little dick energy by being violent with her, or using you know like uh, guns and and I don't want no problems. I don't want no problems. I don't need no problems. I would say this. I would say, you know, if she calls, I would probably have to try to figure out some resources for where she is. I know that there's women's shelters. and Again, she's she's two months here. I'm guessing there's a K-1 visa situation involved. Um, and they're more better equipped. I am not a therapist or I've never worked with this type of situation before. Um and at the same time, too, I'm just careful, too, because I, if I keep it 100, she was just like, um, she asked me if I have kids. And I was like, no. Um, I asked her if she had kids. She said, no, she can't have any. Um, and she asked me, like, about my living situation. And so it's one of those things where it's like, oh, no, I'm just by myself. But then I was like, wait, you know, if she's asking to see if I'm living by myself, then she thinks she can come live with me. Oh, 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 oh my goodness. Okay, okay, okay. How to love children. How to love, how to love, how to love. So this was the part that got me because I was driving home. And like I said, I was just paying attention to, and it was almost like getting pretty close to where I live. And I noticed it was the same car and I'm switching lanes, whatever. And then when I finally got off one of these exits, because there's several ways, obviously, to get home. But I took an exit maybe about mm, 10 miles out from my house. And, um sure enough like i get off the freeway they get off the freeway they're behind me um you know i turn at the light they turn at the light and so i started looking in the rear view like oh it's about to go down and stuff so i'm looking i'm seeing the person's face or whatever and then finally they just went up ahead and drove off kind of a thing so it's just one of those coincidences but then as i was driving i was like processing stuff but um, one of the things that came up, she, I, I said, you know, she kind of asked me like, why would I leave? And I said, because I, I could tell she was hesitant. And I said, I understand because 
the first guy that cheated on me, I remember talking to my friend in the car and I kid you not, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but I was like, you know what, I I probably can just stay with them because I'm like, maybe that's what everybody does. It's the weirdest thing, like almost like a Waldo Bizarro world, because I was like, well, he's tall, he's successful, things started off okay, and I don't want to go too much into too many details, but because... Um, I was seeing things in what was happening with my friends and um, there, there was cheating going on over there too. And in the other end of the thing, the, the, the wife was staying with them. And I'm like, I don't know, at the time it just felt like normalized, like this is what people do. And, and that's why I say like Nia has a long road ahead of her because that was cheater number one. And then I got out of that relationship and got into another relationship and it was the same thing and um at that point then I need to leave but so when I told her I said you know um I had to make the decision to leave I didn't I didn't I just said you know the the person I was with one of the last ones he cheated on me and I was like he had everything good on paper he was wealthy he was tall attractive seemed nice until I found out and stuff, and I was telling her a little bit about how he runs one of the, I'll not say the company, but does import, imports, exports, and huge warehouse, right, type of thing, um, and so she was like, well, can you introduce me to him, and I was like, what, I just, I was so caught off guard, like, did you not hear that this motherfucker was a cheater, and type of thing, so, but I don't know if it was because, she wanted to um get a job, but at the same time, I was like, wait, you want to meet my ex? And then I'm like, you mean like to date him? But I was just like, I think I was like so caught off guard. That I was like, Pfft. I was like, that guy has no morals, no like fidelity type of thing. I was like, he has a poor character. And she's like, oh, really? And stuff. And I was like, what? That that was weird, y'all. So with that being said, I mean, part of me is like, I just need to be careful, you know, because I'm not trying to get like, <laughs> listen, I like my life. I have, I have things to do, places to go, people to see, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be set on fire, you know, or shot or something because I'm trying to help your wife escape. I'm not. Nope, 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 nope. I will give you the numbers for certain people, you know, and let them do what they do because they've been doing this for years. Um, But no, I'm not the one, the two or the three. But um, it is. It was. Yeah, that's a real whole life person out there. Um. type of a thing and and I think that that's what that processing that got my guard up a little bit like let me just um step back and be a little bit more logical and look at things from different angles um type of thing that was weird so but yeah those are some of the interesting people you know um the the owners and the parents and how proud they are but even in spite of being wealthy, you know, this person owns several, um, I don't want to go too much, but several of these types of properties all around the world. And, you know, like I said, they could come in and 
be basic, but they want to constantly improve and develop and fine-tune things, right? And I think one of the most beautiful memories with that too was um, a couple of days after that, I remember there was a little child like running through and I was just like, wait, children aren't allowed here. But I turned around to just see what was going on. And it was um his granddaughter and watching him engage with his granddaughter. It's kind of like you can tell a person, you know, type of a thing. And, and it's like that, that's what this is about. He wants to make sure that this is going to be even better for when she inherits it. Right. And his parents are proud of him and he's going to leave something behind for the grandkids to be, you know, to to kind of carry on and succeed. But I think that in our communities, we're we're just not at a point where we want to say, let's let's, you know, um, work on the engineering. Let's work on the laws. Let's work on the banking. Let's get on the work on the financing. Let's work with the groceries. Let's hire each other. Let's do all of that kind of stuff. Um just a little bit about um there's some more stuff coming up but like being around people who have like that technology for metaverse y'all that's on a whole other level um looking forward to it's kind of like a boat yacht party it's not a yacht but it's it's a really nice boat i like i said i might put the picture up um if, if it's not too telling you know to give away too much but it is noise. So I got a couple of my girlfriends. We RSVP to go on it. One of the one of my friends is getting well. I call one of my friends is getting like I think it's a three or four of those boats. And so, um, that should be fun. And then yeah, just talking about the people I meet, like the autobiography. Hopefully, there's some takeaways in there. You know, I think that even if you are not, I think it's. I hate that this is getting long, but I think that every woman should have some level of um, financial independence. I know that a lot of men don't really like that idea, but you have to be able to maneuver. You have to be able to pivot. And I think that it would have been nice to be able to listen if I was waiting you know, like, let's say if I had decided to give up my life and, you know, throw my everything into my first boyfriend, you know, um, and that's the one that said he was gonna, you know, knock me up. And I was in college and type of thing. And I was driving my nice car. And we're, this girl was passing, crossing the street from a bus stop with a kid in the in the in the stroller and one on her hip, you know, down near barefoot and pregnant. But, and, you know, she wasn't barefoot or anything or, or pregnant, but two toddlers. And I'm like, no, I like nice things. I want to have nice things. I want to have, have a nice life. I want to be married before I have kids. And But I think in the past, for him, to, to him, when a woman hears like, oh, I want to have a child with you, it means like, oh, he loves me. He wants to have a mini me. Y'all, when I tell you one day we sat down, we came up with four, because I, I, um, I knew I wanted a lot of kids from a young age. We went through and named all our kids. <laughs> we went through and named all of our kids. But um, and but here's here here were some the turning points too because he was Jehovah's Witness and um he knew my religion and uh, he was telling me something about because we started talking about our kids. And then he said something like, well, if they ever got hurt, they can't get a blood transfusion. I said, screw 
He's like, yeah, no, if something happens to our child, like, they can't get a blood transfusion. And I was like, what do you mean? In their religion, you're not supposed to have, they don't believe in um, blood transfusions. And I was like, well, what if something happens to me? He's like, yeah, you wouldn't be able to. And I was like, so when I tell you I've always been about my kids, my little, my little mini-me's, nah, nah, I wanted my little mini-me's to have, like, the best dad. But listen, if if my little one needs a blood transfusion, God forbid something happens, you know, or that type of thing, I was just like, oh, hell no. That's just, that, that, that surprisingly, those type of conversations, you know, they're important and whatnot, but, and I think even at that point, yeah, but you know what, I don't want to keep this long, so, but um, I was saying all that to say to close out with the last person that I, I met today, which was, you know, got to find someone to be financially independent. If I had been dependent on him or even my last two exes, as rich as, as rich as they could be, as wealthy as they could be, as good looking as they could be, as powerful in their own right, they, you know, two different type of energies. One was more like in your face. The other one's like, like a quiet power type of a thing. Right. But it's like. If I had been waiting on them, I would have been living under a bridge. (laughs) I would have been living under a bridge. So one of the best things I could have ever done was to make sure that I went to school, that I got my education, my my job paid for my my house and my um my my master's, my business my business or yeah, my master's degree. So um yeah, no regrets at whatsoever because you know, even worst case scenario, if I had kids, I have to be able to feed them. I have to be able to put food on, you know, food on their mouth, <laughs> food on the table and, and clothes on their back. You know, and I think that sometimes we probably could end up staying in situations longer if if we just can't pivot. You know, but if you have something a little something tucked away, you know. Um, I had kind of told her, I was like, you know, just, I mean, y'all know me. My my thing is, I said, even if you get a little bit of money, you know, you might not be able to open a checking account or a bank because he might want to tap into that. But I said, every time you get some money, buy some like, uh, um, uh, I think I told her, uh, test, not Tesla. It wasn't Tesla because Tesla's too volatile. I think I told her Apple, Disney, AT&T. And those are pretty price stable. Put your money in there. And I was like, if, if anything happens, you can cash it out. And within three to five days, you know, maybe you see something coming down the pipeline and go get herself out of that situation, but start squirreling the money away. And I hope that that kind of makes sense for somebody else, too. Listen, if I had to hide my money from my husband, I would just have my Robinhood account and just be putting it into Apple. And so it's like, if you freeze my checking account, I can sell the stock. And well, it would go to my checking account in three to five days. But, but I don't know, I probably, you know, but um, I don't know, at least my funds would be locked up or or I could have the because you can always go in and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'll have to go back and check that. But you can um, put your change the checking account info if you need to. And so she would just have to kind of maneuver a little bit. But at least she would have something to fall back on, squirreled away that wouldn't be frozen um, to to a certain degree, right? Um, 
And if, if she gets to a point where she has family or friends and then she at least has something to pay them back, right? If she needed to. Um, obviously, if it takes three to five days for the cash to be available, you're kind of working against time. But at the end of the day, it's to get the wheel turning in terms of being able to pivot, plan your escape. I don't care how good things are. Always have a rainy day fund. So went way over my... 30 minute allotment um most of the quote-unquote juicy stuff came towards the end but hey <laughs> just as what it is i feel good y'all it's like purple virtual couch therapy type of thing i, I feel okay talked most of it out oh uh, i think when i first clicked on i just felt like i was about to fall asleep and just um yeah, worried you know maybe who knows when i hang up from here it will just she's definitely gonna be on my mind and um i i kind of know like just from talking to her i'll just figure out where i can find out some resources or when i wake up in the morning i'll just kind of look and see what women resources are available and then um depending on where she oh she did tell me which city she's in i probably could just research a little bit and have those ready um and then if she needs it, I can kind of direct her how to get to that kind of stuff. Because she did tell me which city she's from. So I can look for women's resources there. And, and again, I don't know all of the, you know, like K1 stuff and, you know, how she can. But I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you she's in danger. Like, it's um my six foot one self. Like, I wanted to like low key laugh, but it was kind of like, <laughs> oh, whoa whoa i can see why you chose someone smaller than you because if we had to go mano a mujer right or not mano mano but like woman to man type of thing i would just conk him on his head like you know like those games where the little groundhog pops up and you just like hit it on the head like i would just and just keep walking but he's the type of guy like he would scheme and like set my car on fire or like blow me up or shoot me i don't think he would try to stab me because i probably could like really maneuver that type of thing but when i tell you like little dick energy like pencil dick energy like when i tell you she should have just said yeah my man is like five foot three balding and has a pencil penis i would have been like oh say less but um that's that's how i view most um domestic violence type of people whatever so all right (laughs) y'all I have talked your head off. Definitely stay tuned because we have birthdays coming up. I have birth, I mean, birthday part, uh, other stuff coming up in December. I have games to go to for my knees. Um, definitely look forward to, to continue to meet different people every day and sharing the stories. I think like I have a better sense. I might make it autobiographical. So at some point I might do a book when I'm like rich, but not famous, you know, like I'll, I'll write my book under a, um, an alias or something, type of a thing. And then you guys can go out and buy it. So, yeah. Is there anything else? If there is, it's too long and I can't do it in here. Anyways, I right, talk to you later. Bye.